hey folks, mark your calendars because on April 27th, we'll be launching our new book, which is of course titled Love as a Business Strategy. Visit loveasabusinessstrategy.com for more info and sign up for a chance to get a free copy. And if you're interested in bringing love as a business strategy to your organization, we are now offering free mini sessions of our globally resonant Seneca Leaders training experience. These mini sessions dive into three topics to help begin transforming leadership behaviors and influencing culture for the better. Space is limited, so visit softway.com events to learn more and RSVP now. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Love as a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. We believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. I am your host, Jeff Ma, and I'm a director at Softway. We're a business to employee solutions company that creates products and offers services that help build resilience and high-performance company cultures. I'm joined with some of my favorite people and some usual guests here with my colleagues. We have Mohammed Anwar, CEO, president of Softway. Hey, Mo. Hey, everyone. We have Chris Petrie, vice president and project manager. Hey, Maggie. Hey. All right, I'm ready to have some fun. My colleagues here don't really know what's about to hit them. And if they look a little uncomfortable, it's because they have really no context as to what's about to happen. So, all of our learnings at Softway, all of the things that we teach others, all, a lot of our beliefs, they come from our lived experiences. We didn't study it somewhere and then regurgitate it. These are all really founded in what we have experienced. And actually, our very best learnings come from the mistakes that we've made. So I wanted to take an opportunity and share with the world one of our infamous stories, I would say, and open that up, and and I can see Muhammad's face is already Wait, changed. Which, which one is it? So we'll, we, I want to take one? an opportunity to to dive in to what we learned and how we feel about it now. So Mo, if you open up the link I sent you, I've sent you a document. Hold on. I'd like you to open it up. It might look familiar to you, and I'll set okay. the context for the audience while you open that up. So this is um, this is a transcript of an email that was sent from Muhammad. Oh to the entire organization in 2015. It- this was this was this was this 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 email is something we laugh about often today but it was a very I mean it was a, it was a thing. So but without too much more context what I'm going to actually ask you to do Mohammed and this is going to be weird because I don't think you've ever done this. I don't think you've ever had to do this so I apologize. So good. But I mean- I'd like you if possible to read that email out loud we've all read it but no one's ever heard it from your voice so this is going to be this is going to be interesting bro i have this framed it's printed and framed in one of my rooms i promise you so everyone mo looks super uncomfortable he does does, does look if you're not watching definitely uncomfortable (laughs) so we're going to kick things right off right into this we're going to see what we can learn from this as a group of muhammad just for everyone's conscious remember this is this is 2015 a while back this is an email sent to all, all I guess all people in the U.S. office, the entire U.S. office. I hope it was just U.S. From, <laughs> from, from Muhammad. Go take it away, Muhammad. All right. Uh, 
All right, here it goes. Um, hello, team. It's uh, really disgusting to see your fridge. There were items like empty bags, last loaf of bread with mold, empty milk cartons, sauces, rotten bananas, and these boxes with food for days and days altogether. Really? Is this the hygiene you guys follow in your own homes? Disgusting. Here's the deal. We as a company are not required to provide you with a refrigerator. If you guys cannot take your own trash out the fridge on a regular basis, I will not continue to tolerate this. You may do whatever you please with your own refrigerators, but you are not allowed to soft-based refrigerators as your science experiment lab. I will, <laughs> I will give time till this noon for the folks who would like to reclaim their lunch boxes and take them or they will be thrown in the trash. This just demonstrates the lack of hygiene, discipline, and it shows how lazy some of you guys can be to throw trash. I mean, empty bags and empty milk cartons? Seriously? I also would like an acknowledgement reply to this email that you all understand that we need to keep our refrigerators clean by end of the day today. The ones who do not respond to my email will help me clean the refrigerator tomorrow. Thank you. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> the, before we before we dive into this, thank you, Mohammed, for your you, courage. If you're not thank watching, you for your courage. Come on. So oh, I'm gonna first. I think it looks first, worse in writing than how exactly, yeah, I was reading it. There's a lot of caps, all caps, that you didn't really <laughs> yeah. articulate in your um. Well, maybe we'll, well, maybe we'll leave in the show notes. Maybe we'll put that transcript out for everybody. Okay? No, yeah. But, but Muhammad, before we dive into it, I want to give you a chance to first clarify, give us, set the scene a little bit and give us a little context of, of what that email is, was, what was happening. I want, happening you, I want, I want to see that, that, that anger come well back up, just boil up to the surface again. I want, I want to feel the frustration. We are not required to provide electricity or oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> You're not required to provide doors, and I will uh, remove your door. Okay. If it helps you feel any better, I cringe the second time listening to you read it. So it's still it's still very impactful. It is impactful. I will give you that. So let's 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 give let's give let's give him some space to um I guess defend himself. Or I don't know how you want to do this. Go ahead, Mo. Okay. So I, I don't know if I have any defense to this. It's just embarrassing. Um, you know, looking back almost six years to when I first drafted this email to the company, um, you know, I think at that moment in time, like uh, something about me is like, I, I've, I've come through a long journey of being in this leadership position almost 18 years now. And in 2015, I think I was at an all-time high in terms of my ego and in terms of my power and authority that I believed I, I have over our team. I think it had been like 13 or almost 13 years into the business and we had been quite successful, right? So, and, and I believe that all of that was because of me, my my abilities to lead the company through control and authority. Um, but so I think this is just one of the proof points of how I used to behave. But I think in that moment in time, I was 
there's no justification, but I think I was having a bad day. Um, I came into the office. I was extremely stressed. I think I had a lot of things going on in the business at the time. And I think we were also facing really severe financial constraints and problems in the business and almost leading to, I think I, at that moment in time, I didn't know it, but I think we were getting into the line of almost existential threat. And so I was extremely frustrated and, you know, I walked into the office that late morning, I didn't come in early morning and I was trying to take my, my lunchbox to place it in the refrigerator. And when I opened it, I don't know, I had been seeing this all these days, but I just never did anything about it. But that day something got to me and I, I saw like all these, like it, it was really dirty, the refrigerator and something provoked me and I, immediately i think went back to my desk and the first thing i did was type this email and hit send mm. and uh i didn't really make much out of it i actually felt relieved <laughs> i won't lie when i hit send i was like yes um but i think remorse and regret definitely uh took place maybe eight or ten hours later when people started to like suddenly avoid me a little bit or behave with diff behave differently around me. And then I think it started to sink in that, oh crap, I did something that I probably shouldn't have. And to be honest, I didn't think it would come and haunt me six years later, Jeff, in the public <laughs> setting. <laughs> so, so, so first of all, thank you for, for sharing that, being willing to, to kind of own that space. But, you know, I have a reason for wanting to bring this back up, right? Um, this was something that we joke about. Like once I said, you know, it was a, it was an email. Everyone knew what, what you're about to read right away. Cause it just lives in infamy, but it's not, we're not doing it just to pick on you. Um, I wanted to talk about it today because, you know, this email was brought up in our glass door reviews for months to come after that. Maggie, I invited you because you weren't working here during that time. And, you know, I wanted you to hear it. I wanted you to take a look because you know Mo very well. You know Muhammad very well. And we talk about our transformation, our journey all the time. And, you know, we don't claim to be like, you know, you know, academic experts on culture, but we definitely claim that we've had some journeys through culture. And Muhammad, this email to me at least stands out to me as a great kind of landmark of our journey to to map back to. Because um, I, I'll speak for myself, but I can think that most everyone in the organization would be, would be absolutely flabbergasted if anything close to this email came out from you today, um, which is a testament to your journey, testament to your transformation and change. But there's a bigger picture here. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I open the floor to anybody who has any immediate kind of reactions and, and comments to start with. Well, I just went back through Muhammad, you actually took pictures and attached pictures to that email. So there were Did some I? pictures of the fridge. Yeah. I just oh, looked crap. at it, went back in and typed and typed refrigerator. And the subject line was fridge trash, all caps. Um, oh God. And, and, you know, I, I noticed too, like in reading through all the responses, because you said you need to acknowledge this, right. And let everybody know that you've read this email and it was just understood, 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 understood. Yes, sir. Understood. And so 
you know, I, I clearly you see the the incredible transformation. I think really is is what I'm getting out of this. Like we called we call you like Mo 1.0, right? Like that that point in time, it was very much that command and control, that authoritarian leadership. Um, and so you reading this now sounded like you were reading some random person's mean email, not you. Um, and so that's, that for me is the most striking thing. Uh, and, and it also speaks a lot to how, um, those responses also spoke to me in regards to like all the replies, they were just, okay, got it aligned. And, and that was, that was it. Right. Cause they don't want to rock the boat. Nobody wants to push back. No one wants to, everybody wants to keep their jobs. So we're going to stay as close as we can to try not to, to upset you anymore. Um, and I just, I think it speaks a lot to, to where that culture was and what people were feeling at the time. Yeah. And for me, that was my second week on the job at Softly. Um, so <laughs> imagine my surprise um, <laughs> when I got that email, you know, Ooh. initial reactions. Yeah. Initial reactions is, you know what? I'm actually going to avoid this. This ain't my fight. I didn't create this. <laughs> I'm not using the refrigerator. Like clearly there's some history here. <laughs> right. And then the more we went throughout the day, people were pulling me aside from all different levels and all different teams across uh, software. And they're like, Hey, so you're new and Muhammad, you know, really likes and respects you. So you should go and have a conversation with him about that email. And I was like, what? <laughs> I did not like, you know, I'm like, I didn't, I'm, I'm like that. Right. <laughs> and I remember it was happening so often and so frequently and everybody's like whispering, like Chris, you know, like, I want to talk to you about your car insurance, right? Like it was like, <laughs> like that type of approach. Like, are you aware your warranty needs to be renewed? Like it was those types of secret meetings coming my way. And I'm like, why is everybody afraid to go and have this conversation? But I took it upon myself. And I think, you know, I set a, a meeting up with Muhammad. It was on a Friday afternoon. And um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to have a one-on-one -on -one with him to talk about it in person versus replying to the email. And I don't know if you recall this, Muhammad, but, you know, I started, I, I tried to softly bring up the conversation. I was like, so I got your email about the refrigerator and I just want to <laughs> understand like where you're coming from, because I, you know, I'm still new. Um, but I, I know that it seemed to have bothered you. And so he was trying to explain and, you know, he really wasn't getting that I was here to talk about whether that, you know, was appropriate or not. And so he was like, yeah, you know, the team was late. like, he was reinforcing the messages in that email. And I said, but do you think that there could have been a, a better way to handle this? Like, could we have, you know, maybe done a different thing, right? Or he's like, Chris, you don't understand. I've been trying to get these people to uh, clean up this refrigerator and it's just nasty. And like, he dug his heels even more. And I was like, well, I'm just going to be direct with you. If you would have sent that email at any of my previous employers, you would have been fired. It's different here. You're the CEO, but that's a reality. And I don't think you know that that email has now been sent to former employees of the organization. And so you are now a laughing stock. So I literally said, all this yeah, he did. I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. And so like, you know, again, trying to be comfortable first and then coming back to like, okay, he's not getting this. I'm just, you know, rip this, you know, bandaid off. And so uh, that's when he was like, oh, oh. And I was like, but just to give you, you know, my perspective, I feel like 
you could have used your directors to help you get, you know, get this fridge in a better state. We could have, you know, sort of circled through teams or could have, you know, been a little bit more um, collaborative in how we come, like, come to a solution around this because it's not that you're wrong. Like the fridge is disgusting, but there could have been other avenues. And I remember having that conversation and he was just looking at me, you know, and at first he was trying to defend it and then explain away why I didn't get it. And then finally he just started listening. And then as we were walking out together, cause it was at the end of the day, he was just like, I probably should think differently. Like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Like, I'm sorry that you had to have this conversation with me. Like he started apologizing after like it hit him that I think the, the gravity of what he had done is a little bit more widespread than maybe he wanted. But I remember that being my first sort of crucial conversation second week in with the CEO and, you know, having everybody sort of like put their faith and trust in me to have the conversation. That was, it was, definitely uncomfortable but it was it was one of those i think growth moments but it's still interesting to go back and read it reread it and listen to muhammad read it and you're like ooh, oh ooh. yeah <laughs> and i and i want to say like i think i probably would have never had that self-awareness until like chris came and even had that now that i think about it i don't think i really had remorse Chris spoke to me now that I recall that conversation Chris thanks for reminding me but yeah you're right I think what hit me was when you said had this been any other company you'd be fired by now for sending that email and I was like what and it really got to me and I think that's what really got me that's when I started to change my like defensive attitude I kept trying to justify I do remember I think I was justifying why I did it because it was everybody else's fault, it's everybody else's mistake. And I just kept trying to justify, justify, justify. And then as soon as he said, had this been some other company and you send this out, you'd be fired. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. Um, so I remember that, but I can tell you right in the moment, I don't think I, 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 I still tried to justify in my mind. I think I was still trying to figure out how do I come back out of this? How? Like my ego was not allowing me to accept that. It did it did provoke thoughts, but that doesn't mean I accepted it right away either because my ego was in the way of like, you know, trying to get me to realize what I had done. So that was a, that was definitely something that I think looking back at it now, I'm like realizing that I, I was just so like, I couldn't, I couldn't take feedback. And I wasn't willing to understand or appreciate the gravity of what I had done, even though you were giving me direct clues and I was still not able to get it. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I think for me, like I wasn't as scared because I was still fresh off the job market. So I was like, I can re-engage, you know, other conversations <laughs> if this doesn't work out. If he's like, and I'd rather get out That's now why. rather than That's stick why. on. So yeah. I was like, oh. well, I think, I think Mohammed, like, I think what's interesting is that we, you know, this story is history, but like, as we, when we share it with others, how much it actually still resonates. It's, it's kind of scary how much it resonates with some people still, how people hear like, you know what, I've gotten an email similar to this, you know, it wasn't about a fridge, but yeah. like how much that this goes and how much self-awareness is actually lacking out there for, for many people. This is not a, like we share it because it's one of our favorite, it's funny to us now, but it was, it was actually, it was detrimental at the time, but it wasn't this like unique, like story that only happened here. 
we found as we've explored and learned from other people that this is not this was not actually behavior that was so far from something that was seen out in in the world and that's part of the the reason that set us on this journey right like knowing that other people like after we came out of that Muhammad, after you started transforming, after we followed you through that, and we're still on that journey. But after we did that, we looked back and we said, actually, everyone has these problems. That's what started like this, this, maybe not this email, but this email is a great example of what really inspired us and motivated us, and made us passionate to do what we do today is that knowing that these emails still float around out there in other forms, right? Yeah, we've, we've heard that both people receive these emails and when people read it, they go, I've sent these, I've sent something like this, right? And so just knowing how that impacts your culture, how that impacts the people around you. Um, and, and I'm thinking back to like, if, if the fridge would have been disgusting today, I want to put Muhammad on the spot. How would you have responded now versus- Wait, wait actually, before Mo answers that, I want to hear from Maggie first. Actually, I'm curious, Maggie- how would you expect Muhammad? Oh, you're to giving respond? him time to think about it. You're giving him time to think now? about it. That's okay. Like, That's okay. I mean, let me, you know what? General thoughts, Maggie, because I want to give you a chance to speak for sure. sure. Um, I think the first thing that, um, hold on, <coughs> excuse me, comes to mind. That's is, how shaken uh, up she is about it. She's, she's yeah. <laughs> yeah, get your breath. <laughs> I know. <laughs> breathtaking. It's a breathtaking email. <laughs> The first thing that honestly comes to mind is, wow, like, look how far we've come, not just Mo, but all four of you guys. Um, so I feel like I came to Softway at a, a very fortunate time where you guys were already pretty far along in your transformation journeys. Um, I mean, it's always a journey, so it's never complete, but um, you guys had, had done a lot of work up until that point. And so I never knew not only this side of Muhammad, but I never knew the side of Jeff and Frank to like not feel like they could tell Muhammad hey, that's not cool, man. Like, like, cause now if Mo does something like that, all three of you would be like, mm, I don't know about that. No, like, and yeah, you wouldn't even true. be scared really to say anything. Like you would just, you'd be like, no, this, and it wouldn't even have to be this big, scary conversation. Like Chris was, Chris wasn't scared cause he was new, but uh, it wouldn't have to be this like, oh, got to dodge Mo today because uh, he's, he's mad and I don't want to say anything. Um, so I think it's a huge testament to not just Mo, but to everyone, because truly like Jeff and Frank, like, I, I mean, y'all were leaders in the company too, and, and you didn't do anything. So no, I, just I, 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 li I literally, literally <laughs> hid in my office that entire day. I had, to, I remember my doors usually open. I closed it that day and I just That's sat nice. there. Yeah. I, I just sent understood as a response period, understood period. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's that's my big takeaway. That's not just Mo that I see growth in. It's it's all you guys. <laughs> that's a good point. Thanks, man. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, so Frank, your your question is, what would I what would I do today without any time at all to think about it? Um, well, no. How how would you how would you handle this type of situation now? Like in terms of in terms of the fridge is gross. People aren't taking accountability for it. Mm -hmm. What would you do? Uh, I personally think. The first thing I would do is I would attempt to clean it myself and and try to bring others along the journey with me to kind of help me clean it, like inspire by leading and walking the talk um, and, and demonstrate by example. That would be the first step. But then the second step is once I've done that, then I would start having conversations 
with the people that I think could be contributing to the refrigerator situation independently instead of sending a mass email. Because I pretty much knew whose lunchboxes were whose. <laughs> Your names are on them. Time. Yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> so I, I Chris, honestly could have, like, have just gone to the people and say, hey, can you please make an effort to take out your lunch or don't leave it in there and then have a conversation like, Hey, I'm seeing it happen too often. And you know, hygiene is important. And can you please make that effort to clean it? And, you know, I would have done it one-on-one. -on -one. I would have had conversation with the people who were contributing to it, not punish everyone for the act of few, uh, because back then, if even some people did it, my goal was I'm going to punish everyone for it. Like, if there were only like five people who were the ones guilty for making the fridge dirty, everybody I, felt everybody suffers, yeah. right? Everybody's punished. Um, so those are the kind of things like today would be very different. Mm. And then I would probably also talk to Frank, Jeff, Chris, and and say, hey guys, you're you're part of the leadership team, and you also have to lead by example. So I would expect you guys to have the conversations with your team members that you know are. Are, are contributing to this and or, you know, I want you also to help clean the fridge and set the tone and set the example because leaders set the tone at the end of the day. And that's a very different honest. response. Yep. And, I'll, and, I'll be, and I'll be honest, I remember uh, back then when the email hit, the first thing I thought of was, do I have anything in the fridge? Um, do I need to go take something out? Was this me as well? It's like the self self preservation thing, and and Frank, as you as you pose the question to Mo, like, what would he do now? I also ask myself, what would I do now? Mm. I think it's super important to like for me just now to kind of realize. Actually, even now, I probably would first think if I had anything in the fridge, but because Mo came and talked to us and set the expectation, you know, I would really be taking a hard look at like how I can really help the situation, how I can really um, help you know alleviate that issue not just for mo but for the company and for for others which is a very different mindset from from what i had back then as well so i think i i attribute a lot of that to our, the entire culture journey we've been on not just a personal one yeah i also think back then i wasn't the only one who had like felt this way about the fridge i know that there were quite a few people who felt this way about the refrigerator but nobody just did anything about it there was like this apathy. Yeah, there was like this sense of like, you know, there's frustration, the fridge is so dirty, but nobody would talk to each other about like making a change, right? Yeah. So that, that frustration did exist beyond me. Today, I think with our culture, maybe I wouldn't even have to do anything. You, I yeah, think I, people would have handled actually, it. Actually, that's a great point. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's a testament to our culture because yep. in, in our office before COVID, People just were like, hey, we're cleaning it out on Friday. Get your stuff. It's gross. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, people yeah. like there were, I just wrote down cleaning committees. There were people that basically just said, hey, I'm seeing that this is, this is getting a little dirty. We're going to take some time. Anybody's invited to come and help. Yeah. Right? And, people, which and people show up. And I remember yeah. like, I, and if I would randomly walk by and see something that was expired, I just grab it and throw it in the trash. Like I wouldn't even ask anyone if this is your sriracha i know it's expired i'm gonna throw it away for it. you know but the cleaning <laughs> committees there, there were groups of people that basically said we're but gonna that, take that care mindset, of this together yeah and that mindset evolved because i remember after muhammad's fridge email there was one person who just started randomly throwing away stuff 
when he thought the fridge was crowded <laughs> and he accidentally <laughs> threw away someone's lunch that they had brought it in that morning. <laughs> and, so, and so when they went in to sort of heat up their food, they started walking around the office asking, oh, yeah. hey, have you yep. seen my lunch? Have you seen my lunch? <laughs> and uh, this person who threw it away, I'm, I'm keeping things anonymous because I don't want to, you know, out <laughs> anybody unnecessarily. <laughs> you know, the person who threw it away was like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I'm so sorry. I threw away your food. And he started describing like he had spent hours preparing that that meal because he was learning to be a chef. It was like this crazy story. <laughs> and he had to get his uh his lunch, you know, paid for by the person who threw the food away. That was an offer. But I just remember that that mindset sort of transferred into this like, well, I'm gonna take yeah. it upon myself since Muhammad well, sent that note out that you it was know like an over, it was an like an overcompensation. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I, I'm thinking about like that new office space that we that we had. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that I think is very clear and was very clear when we moved into that space was it, it, it transitioned as an organization from this is theirs to this is ours. And and I feel like that type of culture was very pervasive. It was it was a this is our space and we want to take care of it. Right. And and so a lot of those people that were on the cleaning committee, they hadn't experienced the fridge email because they were yeah. newer employees, you know, yeah. but we had it cultivated this this culture of love that created the actual responsibility and the desire to keep our place, to keep our home clean. Right. And so I think it's just a testament to that approach and, and what happened with with yeah. the way people engage with that space. But but Frank, before the transformation, I think I set the tone for others to just go throw away stuff. Because exactly. I I gave permission. Right. And I, I made it so accidentally or intentionally people were throwing away even people's like legitimate lunch from that morning that <laughs> yeah. was placed yeah. there. And <laughs> and also I also gave permission for people to write emails like that. So something that I'm reflecting on right now is I set the tone for how leaders should behave. And I accident, like, I guess I did this now that I reflect on it is that my leaders weren't behaving the way they were just because that's who they were. It's because they saw me behave in a way and set the tone that they said, oh, I now have permission to write emails like this to the whole company. I now have permission to just go throw things in the refrigerator. And I basically, in the moment, set the tone, set the standard of how things had to happen. Well, speaking from leadership perspective at that time, I would say the way I saw it wasn't even that you gave permission. It was that like, that's what was expected of me. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a permission thing. It was like this is the way it's supposed to get done. And even if I'm uncomfortable being a little more, you know, direct and maybe sometimes blunt in that delivery, I saw that that was the way that things get accomplished because that fridge was cleaned out. And yeah. by the day, it was yeah, sparkling yeah. clean. It was sparkling it was smell. It smelled great. It smelled like pine saw. It smelled. It was wonderful. It was immaculate. So I was like, I guess, you know, that's the way. If I'm going to lead here. I'm going to have to do that too. I'm going to have to learn how to do that. Yeah. But then over the course of a few years, right? Over the course of this transformation journey where Muhammad starts to adopt and like live servant leadership and do his best to try to emulate that. And we begin to reflect that as well and start to change our culture. Suddenly, when we get to this new environment where there are more than just one fridge, 
right? More, more opportunities to fail. People are posting on chat asking, hey, whose food is this? I don't want to throw this away because I want to make sure that your food is, is kept safe, yeah. right? So you can see that transformation of and, what you, and these what are, you had. Go ahead. Those are all people who didn't, don't know about this email. Like, exactly. That That's behavior, what I'm saying. That like, behavior, yeah. It's just this, this incredible culture emerged after the fact where there was more focus on inclusion. There was more focus on accountability, like the cultural pillars that we talk about. All of these things were actually present in the way people would engage in this yeah. new space, and, right? And it's because of now that tone had been set, but it had been changed. Uh, yeah. And so the, the good news is that our fridge was pretty much clean in the new space. And, and I think uh, reflecting back on this, the email about the refrigerator, we might be laughing about it and talking about it in a way six, six years later. But I think what it's, what I'm realizing is that there could be leaders out there like me doing things like this, not realizing the consequences it has on the overarching culture. For them, it's, oh, it's just one email about a refrigerator. No, it's much more than that. It's about your entire culture of your company, which could have consequences to even your business outcomes. And that one email, that one like, you know, moment of like this, the satisfaction I wanted to have by just sending that out was setting, sending us backwards in our culture by so much more than what I think I intended to create. And, and I think at times we don't realize as leaders how even the simplest actions, simplest behaviors that we demonstrate to our population, our people, our company, our employees, our teammates can have such long lasting impacts and consequences to the business. And, and uh, yeah, looking back at it, I'm just realizing that, you know, it, it, it isn't even like my big, it isn't even my biggest like example of how I was misbehaving or what I did wrong. But it was just that one email has so many consequences that even six years later, you guys are talking about it. Like that's, that's how big of a consequence it had. Yeah. But I also so. would say that the other thing to, for listeners to take away, especially if they identify with you, Muhammad, um, is the power of redemption. Um, I think that, you know, over those six years, it wasn't by happenstance that we got to this place where we don't have um, or we have this comfort in talking to you and giving you this feedback. Um, and I think that if we go forward or if you are a leader who's been there, having that intentionality to building that redemption where even people who are not there or who didn't experience, you know, what you went through can appreciate looking back and seeing like, Ooh, dang, you grown. <laughs> it's like, what? You, you did that. Um, and that there's, there's something about forgiveness, but also something about being a leader who's willing to accept the feedback. Um, even if you've struggled getting that in the past and allowing that door quote unquote to be open. So that way you can start this process, but there is hard work ahead. Not going to play that lightly, but you know, having that ability to, um, to really understand that redemption is possible for any leader that could have misbehaved with their teams um, is, is just a sign of hope. Agreed. Well, I would call this experiment a success. Uh, thank, thank all of you for the trust in me to show up to a show without knowing what we're about to talk about, but um, I really enjoyed it. And Mohammed, a special thank you for reliving one of your most, I mean, that, 
that was painful to listen to. I can't imagine reading it. Um, but also it, this was uh, enlightening, I think, still to revisit these things and look at it through our lens now. Because back then we didn't have our six pillars of love. We didn't have our our love as a business strategy. We didn't have all this stuff. And it's just amazing, amazing to go back and just relive it through this lens. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this some more. So if I put some more uh, podcast invites on your calendars with no context whatsoever, get yeah. ready to be called out because uh, I'm going to dig up some more dirt. I'm going to, I'm going to coin a term for the, I'm going to coin a phrase for this type of series, you know, like digging up dirt or something, you know, mm. and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to explore from here. Cause I think this was really valuable for me. I hope the listeners also got a taste of, you know, something they can take away, something they can apply to themselves. Hopefully this was a moment that if you're hearing this, you can see some part of this in your life, in you and around you that you can take away because um, that's what we like to do. We like to learn and we like to share those learnings. So cool. with that, Thank you to my guests, my panel here, and at Love is a Business Strategy here, where we're going to be posting new episodes every Tuesday. Um, is there a, you know, a business topic you'd like to cover? If there's anything you'd like to hear, if there's more about this, if you'd like to send a copy of this fridge email, let us know at software.com slash labs, L-A-A-B-S. And if you like what you heard today, please do consider leaving a review, tell a friend, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, all those things, and you know, share the love. So... With that, we will see you all next week.